Welcome to this episode of the This is Believeland Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mistrucci, and as always, my co-host, Jordan Cohen, is here as well. Jordan, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great, maybe a little hungover, but I am great, and I am excited to talk preview the Browns' first win of the season tomorrow. Yes, I am as well. Before we get into that, reminder, subscribe. Like, share, comment. If you don't, it's stealing. That's not cool. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor. This is BelieveOne.com, RealBrownsFans.com. Okay, now that we have all of that out of the way, Browns are playing the Texans. The home opener, uh, I'm sure all Browns fans everywhere are going to be very excited for this game. Uh, the Muni lot's probably going to be, I don't know, uh, calling it a circus might not be enough of a credit to what's going to happen down there. Uh, all out, just war zone of... Excitement, happiness, drinking, it's going to be quite the event. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I... My, my, is a Browns fan, my concern always is, are we maybe too confident? Like, they, like I, I know they were not playing, like, a great team last week, but the Texans looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. They yeah. looked really, really good. Um, so so my that is my concern, but like generally speaking, there is no excuse for the Browns to lose this game. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. There, this is a, I don't want to say a must-win game, but this is a game that like before the season started, you like, no questions, you're like, win, this is a win, I have no concerns about this. Um, right. Maybe the game's a little bit closer now than we thought it would have been, not necessarily because of just the Texans playing well, but some injuries the Browns had. Uh, Jedrick Wills, Chris Hubbard, Anthony Walker. We might have guy named Blake starting at left tackle uh, tomorrow. So here's the thing, though, James. We talked about this all offseason, every podcast. This is why the Browns kept offensive line then. Yep. Do I think a guy named Blake is as good as Jedrick Wills? No. Do I think he's as good as Chris Hubbard? Not a tackle. But he's perfectly serviceable. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not terribly concerned that him playing is going to cost us the game. I, I don't think, like, the drop-off between Wills to him is that that significant. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a massive gap. Sure, Wills has the more upside, but, I mean, let's... I mean, this is just assuming guy named Blake plays. I mean, for all we know, they could try and throw James Hudson out there. I don't think that's going to be really an option. They could look at some other guys... But I think guy named Blake might be the favorite to be the left tackle if Wills doesn't go. Yeah. I, again, I'm just not terribly concerned. I know, like, I get it, right? The last time we saw this offensive line without a left tackle was a few years ago under Freddie Kitchens, and Baker got rocked. Mm-hmm. I think that was more of a product of the offense and less of the offensive line. Not that the offensive line helped things, but asking Baker to be this slow-developing play guy just was never going to work. Um, I think Stefanski will call actually what amounts to a pretty similar game to what he did against Kansas City. A lot of quick play. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably some no huddle. Try to control the game with the run game. Uh, I, I'm just not terribly concerned. Like, yeah, maybe it's harder to run down the left-hand side. Guess what? We never run down the left-hand side anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, you can count them on two hands every game the amount of times the Browns run the ball on the left-hand side. Yeah, it, it's not very often if they're running any... Uh, they're running to the left side. It's usually on a counter or some yep. sort of like jet sweep type action. It's not a straight, you know, they're going to be running behind Batonio and Wills or Hubbard. Or and the Blake left tackle doesn't Rivers. matter on those plays anyways. Yeah, it, it's more guard and center that you're focused on than you are yeah. the left tackle. Yeah. 
And like a jet sweep, if you run the jet sweep correctly, the left tackle's out of the play before the ball is snapped. Yeah, the left tackle just basically seal the edge and let the... Uh, yeah. let, if there's a pulling pulling guy, let him go. Uh, if that, it's a, a receiver just using his speed to get around everybody. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, to me, like... And this isn't anything against Jed Wills. Like, I, I think I'm probably one of Jed Wills' biggest fans, at least on Brown's Twitter. Like, I think he has loads of potential. He won't be Joe Thomas, and I think that's what gets people a little icky about it, mm-hmm. especially given, like, how good some of the other offensive linemen are. But I think Jed Wills could be, like, a borderline all-pro offensive lineman for a decade. He's going to just take longer to get there. Yeah. He's obviously did not step in and be like, hey, look, Joe Thomas is like a Hall of Famer in like the first couple of games. You can tell he's going to be that good. But, you know, maybe he turns into a guy that you, you have as your starter and you don't have to worry about the position. Sure, are there yeah, better I mean, guys in the league, but there are a the lot Joel worse Petone guys. Of left tackles. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. That'd be great. If he's that's the Joel Petonio of left tackles, the, the Browns nailed the pick. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I envision his development going. That's what it seems like it's going. So this is nothing against Jed Wills. I think Jed Wills lets you do a lot of stuff on offense, especially with the play action that you you will struggle to do without him. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I don't think the struggle is going to be that significant against a team like the Texans where I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, as far as other injuries go, I think this one is a big loss for the defense. That'd be Anthony Walker. Uh, he's the guy yeah. that was calling plays. He was like the big, big ish, one of the bigger signings of the, of the defense. Uh, he's at this moment, their best linebacker and they're going to be without him. Well, and I mean, if I am Stefanski and Woods and this is nothing against Walker, but like, you're going to be without him for three games now. Mm-hmm. It may be time to tell John Johnson he's calling plays because he did it in LA. Yeah. We know he can do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at this point, Walker's going to have missed almost a quarter of the season, over a fifth of the season. Yeah. Just with injuries. Like, at some point, it's kind of like you got to have multiple guys that you can throw the green dot on their helmet. Mm-hmm. I-, I think John Johnson's a good pick for that. Um, and that's not and just considering uh, the injury issues that Walker had coming into the actual season. He was limited in preseason, too. So, I mean, the fact that he's already missing time, not necessarily the biggest surprise. Yeah, I mean,. The, where it hurts is, and you and I have talked about this, the Browns are taking a lot of risk in terms of availability mm-hmm. with the knowledge that, like, even if one of these guys can be available, that's a win. So, like, yeah. that is the Jadavian Clowney. That is the Malik Jackson, right? It's these type of guys that, even a guy like Denzel Ward, that just have, or Delpit, Greedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. that all have this injury history, but your gut is like, listen, if most of these guys can play most of the season, it pays off, and that's fair. I, I get that risk calculus. What you don't want is a guy like Anthony Walker to be part of that too. Yeah, it's it's when you run into the situation of a guy you weren't counting on or thinking that he's going to miss time, missing time. Then you have all the other, you know, risk factor players, I guess, in terms of injuries. And say, like, okay, well, this is a problem. Are we going to have another guy who's going to get hurt? And where do we go from there when that happens? Because it's not really when, it's if, it's when. Right. Exactly. I And, I mean, like, let me be clear. Again, I get the strategy. I, I, I was, at this point, we'll see if he can play most of the season. But in terms of a talent standpoint, my evaluation on Malik McDowell was just off. 
I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm happy to admit that. He Same. looked he was our best defensive lineman against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um it was not Clowney for sure. It was definitely not Tack, and Miles played good, but it was not Miles. It was Malik. Mm-hmm. Um so, but the problem with this strategy is, like, for every guy like Malik McDowell that you get for 12 games, you end up, I mean, you may not get the same play. For, like, Clowney is going to get hurt this year. I don't know how many games he's going to miss, if any at all, but he will get hurt. Clowney always gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, like, that's where this is frustrating. It's also frustrating because he is the one calling plays. And to me, that means the defense will just be less organized. Like, they're not going to have Mac Wilson do it. They're not going to have Taki Taki do it. I, theoretically, they could have JOK do it, but he's a rookie. So more like than not, it's going to be John Johnson, who plays a different position. Mm-hmm. Right? So then the play calls are coming from a different area. Right? Any switches that you make pre-snap are coming from a different area. Like, that all is going to have an impact. It's going to have a big impact. I mean, because if... I mean, let's be let's be honest here. When they're on defense, and you know the Browns stadium is getting really loud, uh, John Johnson's gonna have to move out of position to get guys' attention to make checks, and yep. that that prevent that presents the opportunity for Houston to snap the ball with John Johnson out of position, and that could lead to a potential big play. Even though Tyrod well, Taylor so is not necessarily a big big passing threat, he occasionally can throw the one or two deep balls a game. I'm less concerned about him being out of position because he's done it for the Rams. I think he's good at that. The, to me, the concern is if you're Sione Taki Taki, right? And mm-hmm. you're used to the play call coming from what what ostensibly is right to your left, right? Like it's right next to you. That's where the play call is coming. Now, all of a sudden, any changes are coming behind you. That I, So I'm not worried about John Johnson being out of position. I'm worried about a guy like Mac Wilson or Sione Taki Taki. Okay, that's fair. Um, Because of that. And so... I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal against Houston, but like the second we go play on the road, I think that becomes more of an issue. So to me, that is concern. But as you pointed out, like Tron Taylor's a good quarterback and he's a good leader. He's not a big play guy. I am not super. I I think the Texans route to victory in this game is to run the ball. Well, put Tyrod Taylor in good positions where he doesn't need to make big plays and get up early and just control the ball. Win the turnover battle. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think It's similar uh, to how we could beat Kansas City. Like, it's the same idea. They have to be perfect, and we have to be less than perfect. Oh, yeah. Th- there's that. Uh, the Significant. one the one parallel I was going to make to a game last year is uh, the game that we lost to the Raiders. If they just yeah. use that game as a template, that's a, that's a pathway to victory for a team like the Texans who are, I mean, let's be honest, they're not as good as the Browns. But if there's no, a way for well, them to well, win, it's doing what the Raiders did to us. Yeah, get winning the turnover battle, and, and obviously it's a different game because of weather, but like winning the turnover battle and controlling the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like I I had this Twitter thread on this this morning, but like I get that there are ways that both analytics and non-analytics alike, these type of people agree this is the ultimate way to victory, mm-hmm. right? Like ideally you can generate a pass rush with four defensive linemen and one linebacker, which means you can just play a ton of your secondary, um, which prevents passes, right? Like that's the ideal, right? Dime, right? Uh, the other ideal is to have just a dominant passing game where you just have a lot of speed and you throw the ball game, right? Like the, the problem is like the Texans don't have that talent, nor do the Browns, but, but the Texans don't have the talent. And I think the Texans head coach is young, but I 
I think he is going to, he knows that, right? And so like, yeah, ball control, like if you're an outstanding team is not the way to win, but it is the way to beat teams that are substantially better than you. Um, it's playing variance, right? You play variance early and then you stop playing variance when you take the lead. Uh, and so I think if you're the Browns, you just, you go in and you play like the Browns. There's no reason Baker shouldn't have a great game. There's no reason the Browns shouldn't have 150 yards rushing. Like mm-hmm. the Browns should win this game by multiple touchdowns. I, even with the injuries, like I saw the, I think the line's now 10 and a half. Is it down to 10 like, and a half? Yeah, I think it's 10 and a half now, but like still I'm taking the Browns. Like I'm taking the Browns, like even 12 and a half, whatever, name the number, like the Browns should win by more than that. Okay, uh, I'm just checking ESPN. I guess, of course, you know, lines depend on what your outlet is, what your sports book, yeah. whatever. But on ESPN, they have Cleveland favored by 13. So, yeah, okay. So 12 and a half-ish. Yeah, uh, so I, if I'm, I'm not still a, taking the Browns. I'm not a betting person, but I might consider, if I was a betting person, I might consider taking the Texans because 13 is a no. lot of points. Yeah, no, the smart bet is the Texans. I wouldn't bet on this game. But, like, if you had a gun to my head and said, can the Browns win by this many points, or should the Browns win by this many points, I'm saying absolutely. Oh, yeah, they should. They can. They they should and they can. I just don't know if they will. So that's the one thing that, like, I would be more comfortable betting the over-under in this game, which is 48. I would take the over than betting on any uh, any specific team. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is probably one where prop bets make more sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, this is this is a prop bet game, one hundred percent. Just it's it's thirteen points is so much to. It's a lot. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, but like you hear my point, right? Yeah. Which is the Browns the, that again? Just I mean, in a vacuum, the Browns should win by more than two touchdowns. They should. Oh, and by the way, just a quick scan. They're the most heavily favored team of the weekend on the Lions posted on ESPN currently. I think it actually is like the highest, um, like the highest point favorite in like for the Browns in like, I think like a decade. I think last time I saw that they were favored by that much was like 2007. Yeah, it was probably during the, the, the miracle 07 yeah. one-off year. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I mean, to me, it's kind of, I, they should win. I, like, yeah. I don't have, like, I was listening to the uh, Civilized Barking podcast, and, like, Zach Jackson does a great job. And, like, mm-hmm. one of the things I was thinking while listening to it is I, there's nothing I'm concerned about with this game. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Browns are just so much more talented in every possible way. There's not, like, an area where I'm like, oh, well, the Texans can beat us here. Like, the Texans have a decent run game. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to do what they did to Jacksonville. Like, no, no matter how bad our defensive line is, they're not going to be able to do it. Um, I just, it, yeah, Tyrod Taylor is good at short, quick game. I don't know that they have any receivers that I would say I trust in short, quick game against Denzel Ward. Or even John Johnson. Yeah, the I guess the one, the one, I guess, uh, interesting aspect is... Uh, Maybe they get a lot of tight end usage with uh, no Anthony Walker. Uh, maybe yeah, they try and just. Brown's hurt. Farrell Brown is hurt. Yeah, so that would Farrell mean. Brown, Farrell Brown. Yep, that would mean Jordan Aikens or Brevin Jordan, two guys that I have very little knowledge of, uh, would be the targets there. But they could be looking Wasn't at Brevin Jordan on the Browns for a minute, like one preseason. That's maybe. I'm looking this up because he was out of Miami. I remember that. 
No, he's just been on the. He was drafted. Okay. This. I think we're confusing him with something else. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's drafted this year. He's like another one of those guys, though. That, yeah. Like, just feels like he could have been a Brown, like, but <laughs> mid mid late round pick out of Miami. Yeah. I think he's like generally considered a good blocker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I just I the. My, if the Browns lose this game, they will have beaten themselves. And I don't care yes. what anybody says. Like, if the Browns lose this game, they would have beaten themselves. Like, last week, the Browns lost to a better team. Yes. Um, and I think Zach Jackson put it really well, and we said this on the last podcast, was that, like, Baker did not lose the Browns the game. But, and this is my line, and I told you this to you on Twitter, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. Baker being your quarterback is a dog that didn't bark scenario. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, he threw a bad interception. But, like, you know what, say la vie. The problem is he threw that interception because there are certain things you just cannot do with Baker as your quarterback. Uh, and that means there are certain plays that just aren't going to be called that mm-hmm. serve as counters to things that Baker struggles with. The Texans are going to run a lot of zone defense. And you know what that means is that how do you beat zone defense? You use quick play action game, and then you use long developing plays. Mm-hmm. Right, get yeah. run a play long enough where somebody gets out of position. Yeah, I don't think the Browns are going to call a lot of those because I don't think they have faith in Baker to stay where he needs to be in the pocket to and to then to read the field to make those throws. So yeah. if the, it, it's dog that didn't bark, which means if the Browns lose this game, they will beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they will. Like I, I, if they lose this game, we have bigger issues. Yes, I'll put it. Like, like much much bigger issues, and I know it's one game, but the the there something will happen. Like the Browns' defense will just get torched, or Baker's going to throw a lot of interceptions. The offense can't really get going, and, and that will be a signal that our bigger issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, we don't expect that to happen. It's just if the, if it's going to, that would be one of the ways it would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, so, exactly. I mean, we to be clear, we both expect the Browns to win. Uh, we both are expecting. A, I would say comfortable, if not big, win for the Browns. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yep. it's just like, hey, we gotta, we gotta mention that if this happens, this is a way that the Browns could possibly lose, even though we don't think it's gonna happen. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, so like in terms <laughs> of news, we got, we brought up Elijah Lee and Grant Delpit is active now. Yes. So, I guess those two probably see snaps. Yeah, this I, is a good game to bring Grant Delpit in. Like I, I because it's like there's nothing he's going to do in this game that's going to be so bad that it costs the Browns anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a good game to bring him in. But I, I just whatever you get out of that guy is gravy. Yeah, it, it's I've been saying this for over a year now. Whatever you get out of Grant Delpit's a bonus. Um, yep. Especially since uh, coming in through his preseason, he was hurt again and. It's it's bonus time for him. Whatever it is, exactly. it's a bonus. Uh, they're, they're starting yep. John Johnson. Uh, Ronnie Harrison's also seeing a considerable amount of playing time. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't foresee Grant Delpit playing high snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you get him 10, 15 snaps. Yeah, that, that, that's perfectly comfortable. I see them playing more corners than safeties. I think they're going to... So, like, we ranted on Twitter together this morning about everybody saying, oh, the Browns are going to run a lot of dime. I don't think they're going to run a lot of dime because I don't think they have the personnel for it. 
I I know everybody's saying base. I think we will not look like a nickel defense. It will look like a 4-3. Mm-hmm. But it would not surprise me if they do run snaps where they have three safeties and one of the safeties is playing as a linebacker almost. Mm-hmm. So Ronnie Harrison being that guy, I think, will end up seeing a lot of snaps. I, I think there will be like, I guess Troy Hill's a corner, but I think there will be a lot of coverages where you have Two linebackers, so JOK and probably Sione Takitaki, mm-hmm. with Ronnie Harrison lined up as kind of like a third linebacker safety hybrid. Yeah. And then John Johnson and either Grant Delpit or Troy Hill behind him. Uh, it won't be nickel, it won't be diamond. It will be a base defense, but just with the safety playing as linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if we see something that... Uh like a four two five, but one of those guys is JOK and they have him playing coverage instead of instead of being a linebacker, so it well, is well, it, wait, it effectively hold on, hold on, hold on. JOK is a safety, right? <laughs> no, my man is a linebacker. <laughs> uh but it would be effectively like playing a dime type of coverage, but it would be in a four two five nickel formation. Well, right. And like everybody who's obsessing about dime, like what Joe Woods does better than anybody is quarters coverage. Mm-hmm. Like he, like I, I have my issues with Joe Woods. He is an expert at running quarters. Yeah. And I don't, you don't need a dime look to run quarters coverage. That's why quarters coverage exists. Mm-hmm. You don't need dime. Um, so I think you're probably right. Right. I think yeah. we see a lot of four, two, five or like four, three, four kind of looking thing. Yeah. Um, where it is ostensibly, it it, it it can look like dime or nickel. It's really a 4-3 base that turns into quarters coverage. I mean, yeah, we could also maybe see get weird, maybe 3-3-5, three, 3-2-6, three, three, yeah. just getting weird at that point. Uh, it, but again, it's it's less about focusing on what Joe Woods uh, likes to do from, from his like tendencies and more like looking at what the opponent is going to run because it would make absolutely no sense to come out and dime coverage when the Texans aren't a team that's necessarily a big passing threat. So you're going right. to see and a lot of like... basic offensive uh, concepts and schemes and packages from them. So if you're running dime, that's saying, hey, run the ball down my throat because we don't have guys big enough to stop you. Right, or a short passing game, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, dime, again, like in an I so like the Panthers did this a lot with Ron Rivera when they had Luke Keekley that Super Bowl year. Yeah. Where they had like Keekley's the sole linebacker. They had a great front, like great defensive line, and then they didn't have great secondary guys. Like they had a few, but generally speaking, they weren't elite. Uh and so they just threw a ton of them back there. Uh, we don't have the defensive line, and as much as I think JOK's ceiling is Luke Keekley, he's not there yet. No, he's he's got some some ways to go. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, like it, which is fine. But like I, I, the Browns don't have personnel for it, and uh, like again, I think part of the reason that defense was so good is like that's the ideal, right? Is to be able to have a defense like that that can get pressure with four, three to four defensive linemen and one linebacker or two linebackers if it's the front three. Mm-hmm. But but that's just not reality. Like, that is not what a roster is good for. We have really good talent in the secondary. I mean, I think John Johnson is arguably a top three safety in the NFL. Yeah. I think when healthy, Denzel Ward's a top three man corner in the NFL. I think Troy Hill's really good. I actually think Newsom looked decent against Kansas City. Again, mm-hmm. it was Kansas City, so it's hard to evaluate. But I thought, he like, given who he was playing against, he looked decent. Um, 
I, I think Ronnie Harrison is actually a really good safety. I don't think he's like top 10 or anything, but I think he's a good safety. Yeah. So, so it doesn't make sense to me why you would say, oh, these guys need help. So we're going to just throw more guys in the secondary. Like that's not smart coaching. It's, and it's they won't not. do it. Yeah, and and to your point, we talked about this uh, on Twitter, and it was when the Panthers were running that scheme, they were generally up by several touchdowns, and so well, they, right. they mean, had to they essentially. You know, right? I mean, yeah. ideally, this week the the Browns are up by several touchdowns, but you look at the style of both of these offenses; they're not necessarily. Yeah, they can. The Browns can reel off a a big play uh, from time to time, but. They are, they put drives together. It's not Patrick Mahomes throwing a 75-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Even if the Browns go up significantly, Woods is just going to go into quarters. Yeah. But th- that's what he does. And, like, again, I, I think two things of Joe Woods that I think are definite positives, and I'm skeptical on everything else, but two definite positives. I do think he puts his players in positions to succeed. Like, even last year, like, with Sandejo, like, what happened to Sandejo could have been so much worse with the worst defensive coordinator. Like Woods put Sandejo in like a position where the damage he caused to your own defense was limited. Um, I think Woods is really good at that. I also think Woods is really good at switching into quarters coverage and like knowing when to call it. Um, everything else I have question marks about, but like I just would be surprised if he runs quarters out of dime at any point in this game. Yeah, I would definitely. I would Surprise. foresee it out of nickel more. Yeah, nickel or base. Like that's yeah. what you did against Kansas City in the first half. That gave Kansas City actual problems. Mm-hmm. As they were running, they were playing with three linebackers, but they were going into quarters. I, I could so see you kind it, of cut out the small small plays. The reason I would see it out of nickel is because even though Tyrod Taylor's not the biggest runner of the football, right, he right. still can. Yeah, you want to have that extra coverage. I get that. That's fair. Yeah. So you want to have someone, just an extra guy there. Uh, Essentially, he's in coverage, but effectively acting almost as a spy on Taylor in case he does tuck and run. It'll probably be JOK. Yeah. Uh, Looking at who we got, it's not going to be Mac Wilson. (laughs) Let's be real here. Uh, You basically want a guy that... I mean, so the reason why Mac Wilson could do it is part of the advantage of that position is you're not actually asking them to read much. Mm. Like, they're all their important reads are post-snap. Mm. But I think where you don't want Mac Wilson is the fact that, like, JOK is really good at reading post-snap, and Mac Wilson will just keep his eyes on Terod Taylor and read nothing else. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that, yeah, I think it'll be JOK probably. Him and Harrison will probably trade off. Yeah, I could definitely see that coming. Um, one other uh, player, I guess we haven't really uh, talked about yet, who hasn't, who's not going to play this week, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, we kind of touched on that in the last pod. But uh, nothing really surprising from that standpoint. No, uh, that he's out. Um, again, look at what the Browns did in the passing game without Odell Beckham Jr. Look who was playing. You could pretty yeah, much Richard expect. Higgins, baby. Oh yeah, yeah, Rashard Higgins train. Higgins the Higgins all the way. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I expect to see lots of Landry, DPJ, Schwartz. Those are the three guys I, I expect. What was that? I think we may see Felton against this defense. I think Schwartz made a lot of sense against Kansas City just because of his speed. Um and because they didn't know what was coming. I think we may see actually some Felton. 
Yeah, Love Melton. He's a running back, but I, I think that you will get a lot of him this week too. Yeah, I can see that. Their just... defense just isn't going to be able to read that. Mm-hmm. Like they do not have a good defense. No, they they really don't. They, I, I, I I think we'll see a lot of trickeration this week. Yeah, I, I think I I don't want to say there's going to be like desperation on the part of the Browns' offense, but I think there's going to be a a very I'm trying to think of the words here a uh, a big strong effort towards having Baker throw a touchdown pass this week. So I think yeah, I don't th- think we're going to do anything dumb, but I think we're going to have a lot of play action and a lot of pre-snap motion designed to get Baker one of those long passing plays. So I could see, I don't want to say like the first play of the game, but depending on like where they have the ball, I could see them doing one of the classic just play action bootleg and have Baker hurl it down the field to someone maybe hopefully in single coverage or running past somebody. So maybe. So that... what I actually think they're going to do is, that, you remember that first play action boot play where he threw it to the opposite side of the field to Schwartz? Mm-hmm. And then they ran that like all game long, Kansas City could not defend it? Yeah. I think what they'll do is they'll try it once and see how Houston defends it and if Houston just marks Schwartz out. Because if they do that, then on the left side of the field, you're going to have, I, I name your receiver, it doesn't really matter. Somebody's just going to be bombing down the other end of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it could be anybody. It doesn't really matter. They'll be in single coverage. Maybe if it's Landry, you have them run more of a crossing route, but mm-hmm. same idea. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think I, my gut is the Browns take an early lead. So here's how I see this game going. Okay. I think the Browns' goal is going to be to take an early lead. I think they will accomplish that. I think they may take a really early lead. Mm-hmm. I think they will then decide to hold on to that lead and in doing so probably score some more points. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans score a lot late because the Browns will just go into quarters and let the Texans have the ball and just make them go slowly down the field. Mm-hmm. But I think it will be comfortable most of the game. At the end, you may be like, oh, Brown's got a score here. But otherwise, I think Baker will have a touchdown pass or two. I think Chubb and Hunt will both have a touchdown or two. So I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'm pretty like, confident. I know the Jaguars, I think the Texans are have one of the five worst rosters in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean... If we're looking at a matchup of two teams who played outlier games, it's literally the Browns and the Texans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Texans played the Jaguars, who um, I don't know what the hell is going down on there in Jacksonville. Uh, but you know the Browns played the Chiefs, so they played one one of the better teams in the league, if not the best. Exactly. So exactly. So yeah, I think both teams will regress. Texans back to reality, and Browns. Uh, after watching last week's game, I, I, the Browns should pummel them. They should. They should pummel the Texans. I mean, if I had my way, it would just be Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, 35 carries in this game. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe it turns out they get like 30 combined by the end of the thing, because it's it's never usually that much, that run heavy, but that would be the way I would do it. I'd just be like, okay, yeah, I, I know Felton our... Yeah. I think Felton comes in because of that. That's why I think Felton's going to get a lot of playing time. It would just be like, hey, we, we're good at running the ball. Uh, your defense stinks. We're just going to run it down your throat till you stop us, and you can't. So exactly. we're not going to stop. Exactly. I agree. I mean, I, again, ideally, you know how I feel about how 
about Baker passes. I think 25 is the ideal number. He threw three more last last week, but that's whatever. It's fine. But I think the ideal number of Baker Mayfield passes in the game is 25. Yeah, Baker's going to have a great game. Like, let's just be clear. Like, yeah. it does, nothing about Baker. I mean, stuff about Baker, but but he's going to have a great game. Yes. Uh, I, I this is the type of team Baker torches. Mm-hmm. I think when it's all said and done, he'll have, I don't know, he'll go like 22 or 27, you know, something ridiculous like that. He'll yeah, have... I mean, listen, the Texans ran more zone last week than I think every team in the NFL but the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will do that against Baker because, like, the only way you beat Baker is you confuse him in zone. Um, I think the Stefanski's just going to have a lot of zone beaters. Yeah, I, I think Play that. action and... boots, like, all that stuff. He's just gonna have zone beaters or like these short passes to Chubb and Hunt where they just have open space. Yeah, that that too. I, I think he's gonna I, 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 Baker if Baker has a bad game it will be because he's not diagnosing the zones correctly. And again, that is one of the times where it's like, okay, we may have bigger problems on our hands. Yeah, but you know, I, I am expecting something ridiculous like uh, similar to the completion percentage from last week. Uh, I expect less yards. Um yep. Uh, probably in the 220, 240 range. Yep. Um, just because I think there's going to be a lot of shorter passes. And uh, I think not... we're going to take a really early lead and then stop passing the ball. Yeah, that too. And so, you know, 22 completions, maybe a little bit on the higher side. Maybe 18 seems a little bit more yep. safer. Uh, 18 for like 220, 240, uh, two touchdowns. Maybe a pick. But. Do you remember a few years ago in the playoffs where I think it was the 49ers played the Packers, but it may have been the Vikings, where Garoppolo threw only 12. It was the Packers. He only threw 12 passes. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like this game could look. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Browns may dominate them so much running the ball that Baker does not even throw 20 passes. I mean, speaking of that, wasn't there a game with the Titans where Ryan Tannehill did, like, threw it, like, 15 times? Yeah. Yeah, that was actually. I think that was when they beat the Ravens. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking it yeah, up right Derrick now. Derrick Henry had that monster game. Yeah, it was when they beat the Ravens. They took an early lead and then they just ran the ball. Yeah, I'm trying to <clears throat> gonna pull up his uh, playoff game logs here. Uh, but yeah, I mean yeah, that's the... kind of how I feel. Yeah, uh, th- there was a, there were back to back games. It was both in the same postseason. They beat New England. Uh, mm-hmm. He was eight of fifteen for seventy-two yards, and they beat Baltimore. He was seven of fourteen for eighty-eight yards. Yep, I think that's what this game's going to look like. I also think, and I mean this in both good and bad, because I, I heard this on the Athletic this week. Baker Mayfield reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill. Um, and ideally, I know he has a higher ceiling. And ideally, he can develop kind of the Tannehillian consistency. Mm-hmm at that ceiling and so he ends up being a little bit better but it's like that same type of like this guy's going to be a really good quarterback in a specific scheme if yeah. he's not that scheme he's not going to be a really good quarterback yeah i'm with you 100 percent on that because I, I think that's what it is i mean yep. he i think a lot of people like to try and be like oh my god he played so great last week i mean yeah he played good like good, not great. That's, that's the way I look at it. I, I think the I mean, numbers... Listen, I, I don't think Baker... W- Again, it's it's a problem of the dog that didn't bark. Yes. I think just evaluating his play on the whole was enough to win that game. Yeah. But the problem is, like, it's the plays that aren't called, right? It's the passes he doesn't make. Yeah, it's it's those... That... 
it's they, you can't evaluate they don't show up in the statistics mm-hmm. they don't even show up in the film right because you don't know what stefanski could have called yeah or yeah. Where, where baker could have thrown uh we just know like that that's not happening and to me that it's very Tannehillian, right it's like this or garofalo or and I, again i don't i think baker could be better than all those guys i think he has like more natural talent than those guys do mm-hmm. but it's that's the problem right it's like I don't think Baker cost us the game, but I think Baker being the quarterback definitely had a big impact on us not being able to score in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, I don't think that should be a problem this week. Uh, again, no. the, the Texans aren't necessarily a good team. Uh, the right. Browns are a good team, or at least should be a good team. Yeah. So expecting a win on Sunday is is pretty realistic. <laughs> I agree. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this up here? Um, go Browns. I think we should win and on to the next one. I- I'm with you there. I think this is going to be a nice little beginning of a nice little win streak for the Browns. Um, I think they get a couple wins in a row. <clears throat> then at some point we'll see Beckham reintroduced into the lineup. Obviously not going to happen Sunday, but I think sooner rather than later. And definitely. I think the Packers game. You think the Packers game? Yeah. I was thinking the Chargers game. Yeah, Chargers I mean, Chargers is a game we need to win. And I, I, I my question is going to be are they like, is it worth reintroducing this guy into the offense again in a game we need to win? That's fair. But the Chargers are gonna be really good this year. Holy crap. Like <laughs> Brandon Staley is no joke. And I know they only played the Washington football team, but like that, I mean, that defense, that offense, like, what I love about Brandon Staley is I heard him on an interview this summer, and he was like, yeah, you know, I know I'm a defense guy, but I wanted to learn about offense, so I just did Quarterback Collective Academy, which is where, like, Stefanski went, McVay, Shanahan, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, the, the this scheme. It just did it, right? He's like, I'm a head coach now, so I needed to learn, I mean, which that's, is awesome, that's what but you it's also terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. And, like, he is from that Vic Fangio tree, and, like, he knows all the beaters to this scheme. Um, the, part of the reason the Rams hired him in the first place is, like, if you want a scheme to compete against the outside zone, he's the guy you have to hire. Um, and now the Chargers have him. And yeah. I think that is bad news. I, I actually think that Chargers game may be, our first, may, be, may be the only blowout loss we have all season. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's possible. It's, it's, it seems like if you wanted to, to pick one that's a, a blowout loss, it'd be that one. Yeah, there's a bad matchup for us. Yeah. So, with that, we hope for a win on Sunday. We'll definitely have a, a recap coming to you uh, after the game uh, where we talk about uh, what happens. Hopefully we're discussing a Browns win. Hopefully we get back to 500 on the year. Uh, with that, remember, subscribe, like, comment, share, tell your friends and family because if you don't, it's stealing. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. This is Believeland.com, RealBrownsFans.com. Anything else you'd like to add? Nope, that's it. Have a good one. Go Browns. Go Browns.